This morning's first reading is Psalms 27, and it can be found on page 557 in the Church Bibles. The Lord is, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his secret tent, I will sacrifice with shout of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant to in hunger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God of my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's uh, Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 13 and verses 31 to the end. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus' sorrow for Jerusalem. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go and tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
Shall we pray? Lord, may we be attentive to your calling and faithful to where you're leading us. Amen. It's funny, this morning the title I was given for the sermon is Wait. And it seems appropriate, doesn't it? Perhaps just a reminder this morning that um, God's timing is not always our timing. Um, But everything's working in the end. I remember one of the first times I had to stand up in front of an audience and give a talk. It was in English class at school when I was about 13 or 14. Everyone was asked to prepare a five-minute talk on a subject that interested them. Now, you might think that I would be more comfortable with this than some of my classmates. Standing up in front of an audience has never really bothered me. But the terrifying part was knowing what to say. As teenagers, desperately trying to fit in and be accepted by our peers, the idea of talking about something that possibly set us apart from each other was quite traumatic. I was really afraid that I would end up being teased and ridiculed for sharing something that was important and personal to me, but that other people might not understand. Now, I would like to be able to say that I decided that the most important thing to me was my faith, and that I got up and shared the gospel for five minutes. But I didn't. Instead, I decided to talk about an interest that you may just have heard me mention in passing once or twice before. Superhero comics. Specifically, the Avengers. Now, if I was to talk to a class of 13 or 14-year-olds now about the Avengers, they'd probably think I was quite cool. A number of films over recent years have made superheroes, and particularly the Avengers, very popular. But 25 years ago, these American import comics were much more of a niche interest. I was really quite anxious about publicly admitting to liking comic books. This was potentially very uncool. The day came when we had to give our talks. The teacher asked for a volunteer to speak first. I thought to myself, I don't want to be first, but I do want to get it out of the way sooner rather than later. I'll maybe volunteer to go second or third once I've seen someone else do it. Turns out, of course, that everyone had the exact same idea. I ended up being last. And so I sat and waited anxiously while everyone else gave their talk. Eventually, it was my turn. I got up, went to the front of the class, got out my comic books, and started talking. And then, just after I'd started talking, the bell went for the end of the lesson. Phew, I thought, saved by the bell. I stopped and turned to the teacher, waiting for him to dismiss us. The teacher looked at me and smiled. Carry on, he said. Wait, what? I thought to myself. He wants me to carry on. I've only just started. The entire class is sat there waiting to go on their lunch break. And what's stopping them is me. Stood here talking about stupid superhero comics for five more minutes. I have to admit, this was a bit of a distraction. Any confidence I might have had in what I was going to say evaporated. I just wanted it to be over as soon as possible. I skipped through the notes I'd prepared, cutting out chunks of what I had intended to say because I felt certain no one would want to hear it. I didn't make eye contact with anyone, but I could feel their eyes glaring at me with a look that said, shut up, we don't care, we just want to go for lunch. 
I had the distinct feeling that the whole experience was going to do nothing to enhance my reputation or popularity. Eventually, it was over, and we all went for lunch. At the next lesson, our teacher gave us all feedback on our talks. I didn't get a very good mark for mine. He told me it was a bit short, and it felt like I was rushing it. Yeah, thanks. I like to think I've got a bit better at speaking to a room full of people since then. Experience helps, of course. It helps to have a sympathetic and receptive audience. Everyone here at St Michael's has always been so supportive and encouraging to me, and I'm very grateful for that. And while I hope that you will sometimes be challenged by some of the things you hear on a Sunday morning, I guess the fact that you've come to church means you're open to hearing someone talk about God and the Bible. It isn't always like that, though. When Jesus was teaching, his audience weren't all sympathetic and receptive. Despite the fact that they were supposedly God's chosen people, many of the people Jesus spoke to were openly hostile to his message because it represented a threat to their authority and power. As we've heard in today's Gospel reading, while Jesus was teaching in Galilee, some religious leaders came to him and said, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Now, I was distracted from the message I was trying to give by the thought that people might be a bit annoyed at me for taking up five minutes of their lunch break. I don't know about you, but I think if I was told midway through doing something that someone wanted to kill me for doing it, I might find that a bit distracting. I might be inclined to wrap it up a bit quicker than intended and move on. If I'd been in the position Jesus was in in our Gospel reading, I'd have probably said, gosh, is that the time? I'd better get going. It's been lovely talking to you. No, don't get up. I'll see myself out. Bye. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus knows that some people don't like what he has to say. But he's not about to stop saying it because it's the truth. And it's what God has sent him to say. He knows that some people don't like what he's doing. But he's not about to stop doing it because it's right. And it's what God has sent him to do. Herod wants to kill him? What's new? Soon after he was born, Herod, a different Herod, wanted to kill Jesus. Jesus escaped the slaughter of innocent babies on that occasion because his mother, Mary, and her husband, Joseph, fled with him to Egypt as refugees. And Jesus was certain, when the Pharisees came to warn him that Herod wanted to kill him, that his time had still not yet come. Why did the Pharisees bring him this warning? Were they genuinely concerned for Jesus' safety? Or was this just a distraction? Were the Pharisees hoping that it would make Jesus shut up and go away because his teaching was a threat to their own power and authority? Did Herod really want to kill Jesus? We know Herod was concerned by what he'd heard about Jesus. And we know that Herod had already had John the Baptist killed. But in fact, we're told that Herod had been reluctant to kill John, even though he was disturbed by the things John said because he recognised him as a prophet. And when Jesus was eventually sent to Herod, after he was arrested, Herod merely questioned him before sending him back for the Romans to deal with. Whatever the Pharisees' motive, Jesus was not about to be distracted from his calling. Rather than keeping quiet or running away, Jesus firmly and defiantly restated his purpose. I will keep on driving out demons 
and healing people, today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. If the Pharisees had intended to frighten Jesus into a silent retreat by issuing death threats, they had failed. Jesus knew that the path he was on would lead to his death. But not yet. It would be at the time and place that God had appointed. Herod and the Pharisees would just have to wait. There was still work to be done. And Jesus would not be distracted from it. It's easy to be distracted from the things God is calling us to do when faced with adversity. There are still parts of the world today where people face persecution or even death for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most of us will never face that kind of adversity. But most of us will probably have experienced times when we've allowed the world around us to distract us from doing the things God is calling us to do. Maybe we were worried about what others would think of us. Maybe we were concerned about material things, money, food, possessions. Or maybe we were concerned about time. But Jesus taught us not to worry about those things, but to always put God first and to follow God's path. Because we have nothing to fear if we are close to God. When Jesus talks about Jerusalem, he uses the image of a hen gathering her chicks under her wings. A hen gathers her chicks under her wings to protect them. Faced with danger, a hen will form a shield to protect her chicks, sacrificing her own life to save theirs. Jesus uses the image to explain that he has longed to protect God's children, the way a hen protects her chicks. But a hen can only protect her chicks if they stay close enough to her to be covered by her wings. Jesus talks about Jerusalem to illustrate the fact that in the place where people should have been closest to God, they had rejected him. They had strayed so far from God that Jesus was unable to gather them under his wings to protect them. But the time was approaching when Jesus would ride into Jerusalem and be hailed as Messiah, the Christ. The time was coming when Jesus would sacrifice his own life to save the lives of all those who are willing to be gathered under his wings. We should not allow ourselves to be distracted from doing the things God is calling us to do. When faced with adversity, we should resist the urge to run away and instead stay close to God. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May the peace of God be with you and rest upon you. Wait. Wait for the Lord. As the psalmist wrote, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to slander me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord.
Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen.